it's like your fame can become bigger than you in a way. So family can keep you grounded to where it's like they always remind you that the fame is not bigger than you. That's just all like smoke. Like when the smoke clears, you you have to remain you. So they'll keep you grounded and always let you know like you've been you before all of this shit. So I think that's what family do. Welcome back to another episode of Airplane Mode. Good to be back. We took a little bit of a break there for July 4th. Hope you guys had a great long holiday weekend. This week's guest is ASAP Ferg, who I'm excited to announce, this is where we would blast the reggaeton horn if we had one, is dropping new music this month. His album Floor Seats is going to be out a little bit later in July. I wanted to have Ferg on because he is relentlessly creative. You know, in addition to making music, he is very into fashion, he's very into art, he's designing rugs and pillows as we talk about in this episode we also dove pretty deeply into the ways in which he protects his mental health Um, he talks about how therapy's been important for him how he got into meditation what that does he tries to run every day and then you know it was just a conversation where he kept it very real and was very very honest he opened up about his father who died when he was still young and he talks about the lessons his dad gave him that he still uses today He talks about his friend ASAP Yams, who passed away not too long ago. So that's all in there. Uh, I enjoyed the conversation very much. I appreciate Ferg for being so candid and uh, hope you guys enjoyed as well. ASAP Ferg, welcome to Airplane Mode. What's up, bro? Man, I'm jet lag right now. Where you come from? I was in Paris. I was in LA. I was in New York for a bit. Like I've been traveling a lot. I've been doing like a lot of... uh, pop-ups you're still in new york i just wanted to yeah i'm in new york now yeah. <laughs> just wanted to yeah, sure i had to come back I, you know? yeah i had to come back to new york because i had a a listening event last night at tiffany's first ever to do it wow yeah first ever to do at tiffany's yeah first ever first artist to do a listening event at tiffany's wow the jury shop on fifth avenue the infamous Tiffany's breakfast at Tiffany's. So when you travel like that, are you are you a guy who has a daily routine when you're in when you're at your house in New York? Do you have like a standard day? Well, yeah, I get up and I run every day. Really? Yeah, I try to run every day. That's that's the goal. Like if I don't run, I feel like weird. How many miles usually? I try to go for three miles at least. Okay. Sometimes I get two in just because like I'm always on a clock. But like three. When I was in Paris, I did four miles for the first time. So even when you're on the road, I ran to the Eiffel Towers from my hotel. Did you go up it? No, I didn't go up the Eiffel Tower. (laughs) I was tired by the time I got back. I was already tired by the time I got to the Eiffel Towers. So like by the time I got back to the hotel, I was finished. And so when you're on the road, you're still running even even then. Hell yeah, that's when you got to because it's so easy to fall off track and eat whatever and just be living this lifestyle and. When you get money, you you can buy anything you want. You could eat whatever you want. You could drink whatever you want. But you got to be militant and keep yourself in line and aligned because you could fall off. What do you mean by aligned? Aligned, like be centered, be balanced. Because if you're not balanced, then you could fall off. What do you do to sort of make sure you stay aligned? Run, meditate. Sometimes I read, um, hang around normal people. When I say normal, I'm talking about like people that love me for me real people not like people that's like superficial and just into the fluff i mean i I gotta be around them sometime but like the people i choose to work with and keep around me is real people 
How did you get into meditation? Just because I needed to get aligned and I needed to figure out a way I could breathe and take a second to myself because I live a very fast-paced life. I have a multi-million dollar business I'm running. So it's like you hearing voices from everywhere, from the merch to Sony, RCA, needing approvals for music and licensing things and sometimes it's a it creates a lot of chaos and a lot of noise that you need to block out and the way you block it out is by taking a few minutes to yourself to breathe and just be in a moment and realize you're here in the moment and have that moment to yourself before you you run into the field i love that i, I try to do 15 minutes every morning yeah what? i do 15 minutes and if i don't do 15 minutes i just make sure i don't reach for my phone for at least like the first half an hour before like i get into my day because like you start to connect your days that way i feel like if you wake up and you just grab your phone you're looking at pictures and stuff like that on instagram and your day like is almost connected to yesterday i like to keep that separation in the gap and allow the new day to be new and fresh and open for new opportunities. Well, what, is that, what does that do to you, giving that space to the new day? Giving that space to the new day is, uh, it basically just allows it to be new, like uh, new opportunities. Whatever happened yesterday is yesterday. It's about today. It's about, like, we could reminisce about what happened yesterday and last week and last year, but at the same time, we want to be excited about what's going to happen today. So what else, what does the first 30 minutes of your day look like is when you're not looking at your phone? Uh, first 30 minutes, I just lay in my bed and I just think about what I got to do or what I don't want to do or what I don't have to do. <laughs> <laughs> if I want to work today, most of the time I want to work, but, you know, I, I sometimes I practice not working. Like, am I going to try to chill in the house all day and get things done? Or am I going to go in, out into the world? Most of the time I go out into the world. Like, I like being outside. Yeah. That's the 30 minutes of, of my day. Huh. And just probably reminiscing about like a crazy night I had the night before or like some amazing shit that happened. Like it's amazing shit happening every day for me at this point in my life. So mm. it's like I got a lot to like be sitting around thinking about. But more more, more so than anything, I have a lot to um, think about moving forward as well. My moves and strategy and things like that because I have so much output as far as like what I'm into. Like I'm into fashion, fine arts mm -hmm. and hip hop. You know, am I going to go to this Elite show in Paris? Mm -hmm. Am I going to make it to this video shoot in L.A. for Big Sean? Am I going to do my own stuff in New New York, like, there's so much things that I have to put in perspective and plan because it all starts with me. You know, I probably call my manager. I, I get up first 30 minutes. I take all this time to think for myself. Then I'll check my phone, see who's hitting me up. First person I call, I mean, if it's my mom, I'm going to call her back. And, like, my manager, I'm going to call him and see what's up because right now it's like, it's crunch time for music, videos, everything. So it's like we got to mm. be on top of every second with mixes and treatments for videos and yeah, yeah. talking to directors and shit like that. Then it's running after that. I love this. I want to I want to dive into this because I think it's it's super interesting. There's a lot of stuff we talk about on this podcast, but you had a phrase in there I love, which was you practice not working, and you talked about your output, and you do have such a prolific output with your right. hand in so many creative endeavors. You're like so, a therapist. <laughs> That's one. Of, that's I think one of the best compliments I've ever received. Yeah, because that's what therapists do. Like they sit, you sit in a room with them, and they'll be like, they'll just calm, they'll just they they'll piggyback off of what you've said. It's yeah. almost like you're having a conversation with yourself, just and why. 
Like, oh, say, okay, all right, why would you do that? And then, <laughs> like, that's how your questions is. But it's good, though. Like, I fuck with it. Have you have you been to therapy? Hell yeah, for how, sure. How'd you get in? How'd you get into therapy? Got to therapy because like I've learned that. Um, first I have heard Jay Z. He said he went to therapy, and I was like, "Wow, okay, this is actually not a bad thing to try." Because I was so stressed last year that I wanted to like actually sit with a professional and ask them if this is normal. I, he told me like in the process of sitting down and talking to somebody. You know, anybody. It could be it could be therapy could be your friend or somebody that just wanna listen. You just want like somebody to talk to and somebody that can he he knows like the the proper I would say like phrases or terms mm-hmm, mm-hmm. within any type of mental whatever. So like I wanted to just see somebody who knew everything about that shit. So I sat down with him and he would do what you're doing. All right, so, all right, why do you think like that? Or whatever, 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 whatever. And he told me during this process of us talking, things would start to unwind Mm -hmm. and you would start to feel less tense and less anxiety and less stress and less this and less that. Um, What he told me is I got a lot of things going on in my life and I recently got like new management, new accounts, new this, new that, new that. So you can kind of feel alienated, one, and two, you can also feel like you don't know anybody or trust anybody. So that's a, a tough place. I'm also, I'm a big celebrity. Like I'm gone places. People feel like they know me and I don't know anybody. Mm-hmm. So it's like, it's like adjusting to that shit too. Because I come from the hood where if somebody looked at you, it's like, you got a problem. Let's fight. Mm-hmm. And it's like, that's just how it is. Because that's always how it's been. So it's like conditioning myself for this new chapter these new chapters in my life. So you found it helpful? For sure. Like, I think that everybody should try therapy at least. And what was your thoughts on therapy before you started going? Like, did you have any preconceived notions about what it might be like or some? Yeah, like you always like? just taught that like if you have anything to talk about, you talk to your family and, and shit like that. But your family only knows what they know. Like they're not professionals and they don't know everything. So like why not go to somebody who studies that shit? and like goes to school for that shit really figure it out like yeah. I, I have the access to get whatever I want right now so it's like why not get the best of the best have you found your writing art or your fashion or any of those creative outlets have changed in the wake of therapy everything changed because like you just open up to like just talking about shit mm-hmm. you, you feel like alright damn everybody's going through this shit too like it's a power in talking about it totally I mean I find that the thing I've found from it I've been doing it for about two years is like you just start. You See, f- I knew it. Like, I could tell. <laughs> That's why you asking me all these questions. Like, damn, he went to therapy too. <laughs> Shit, I'm not a weirdo. <laughs> no, I mean, I feel like, oh, but it's funny because I feel like there is a stigma around it, right? It is, but like, I think that stigma is changing. Uh, you got Meek Mills talking about PTSDs and Twenty One Savage talking about PTSDs and Charlemagne opening up about his, you know, anxieties and shit like that. He wrote a book on it, so I think that is mental health is a huge thing right now. I think everybody goes through our heartbreak is mental health. Like your heart ain't really broken. That shit is in your head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? So it's mental. It's all emotional. You talked about it being sort of alienating. Everyone knows who you are but you don't know who they are, that sort of asymmetry. Right. That must be a difficult thing to navigate, especially when you're talking about keeping people close to you. I think you were talking about protecting your input as you keep people close to you who don't like the celebrity part of you. They actually know who you are. Mm-hmm. And it must be hard to like vet new people coming to your life because it must be hard to know if, they like, if they're after you because of celebrity or what. I mean, is that a difficult thing to navigate? 
it can be difficult, but I think that uh, my support is so strong. Like my team, my uncle is my security guard. Like he's mm. my bodyguard. Like he's, and that's his natural job. Like as living, he's my guardian. So he guards me in real life. So it's almost like not a job. We just get to hang out with each other all day. Like we would do normally. My mom is a part of my business as well. And my other uncle is my manager. Like I think that was a, this is the first time I ever said that. Hmm. He's like invisible. Nobody knows what he looks like. Dion is, they don't know if he's white or black, Asian, Puerto Rican. I just posted him on my Instagram. So they probably kind of know what he looked like now. <laughs> it can be alienated because like you, it's like your fame can become bigger than you in a way. So family can keep you grounded to where it's like they always remind you that the fame is not bigger than you. That's just all like smoke. Hmm. Like when the smoke clears, you you have to remain you. So they'll keep you grounded and always let you know like you've been you before all of this shit. Yeah. So I think that's what family do. And was that something you had to get adjusted to? Like you talked at the very beginning Fame. of this. Yeah, well, you talked at the very beginning of this, like how you can, once you get a lot of money, you can do whatever you want and you got to be careful to not get how out of line. Yeah. yeah, I mean, look at the stories of all the celebrities that ever got rich. Everybody went through something. Yeah. You go through some shit because it's like you, you accumulate in power and you have a lot of success. You have a lot of access and... Whatever your weakness was before you became famous, it just intensifies mm. to the max. So, like, <laughs> if you have a weakness with girls, if you have a weakness with drugs, if you have a weakness with anything, that shit is just going to intensify. I mean, I watched it in front of my eyes with, like, Yams. He obviously had a drug problem. I didn't know about it. Like, you know, you start to see it. And he started to come around and bring weird-looking people around, and, and it took his life. So for me, like, I always, and I've always been militant as well because I just, I'm not into a lot of shit that I'm not into. Like, I mean, I come from a, a very good family. A very, my mother got masters in college. My step-pops, the same. My dad had businesses. Mm -hmm. Bad Boy logo he did. Andre Arell logo he did. So I, I, I can see things. I have vision. I know what not to touch and I don't I can see the fire burning and I won't go over there like because mm -hmm. it's just stupid so a certain shit, I'm not gonna try crack if I know crack is bad I'm not sniffing coke I'm not doing none of that shit like we don't do that in Harlem well people do it in Harlem but like my friends and family we don't do that mm. was Yam's death something that crystallized some of this for you 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 already sort of knew it were there questions you I already knew it and yeah. like when I seen him and I seen his his patterns I would have talks with him like, yo, you gotta, you gotta fix up because mm -hmm. it, it it'll get bad, it'll get real bad. It was a battle for him. He was fighting demons, and it was probably things going on in his life that I didn't know about that that led him to doing that. I never thought I would be getting this deep on G. <laughs> <laughs> I want to ask you about your pops. He had a boutique shop, right, where he did screen printing and stuff. Yeah, 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 he had more than that. He had a game room for the kids after school. They would come like get popcorn, play games. He had a, a restaurant called Heggie's that was next to the game room, and he had a he had a Ferg boutique which he sold clothes. Mm. But he he began by like printing t-shirts and, and making t-shirts for artists like, you know, Teddy Riley, Heavy D, all of the rappers early on. The drug dealers too, like he used to like 
when you first started like making t-shirts you used to paint shirts and shit for like Nicky Bonds and you know Richard Porter and like all of these guys so he built up his clientele then got into like the clothing business and opened up a store called Ferg Apparel on 145th between 7th and 8th and um yeah everybody would come come in there from Puff to like the biggest drug dealers to the political people community leaders Everybody, it was like the whole community was there. What did you learn from him about business or creativity? Or ownership. He taught me ownership. He taught me to like own something. I seen him with houses. I seen him with cars. The last thing my dad taught me was that like if anybody got money in their pocket, it could be yours. It's just how you going, how you going to figure out a way to get it. Hmm. And not like on no robbing shit. We talking about like on something like I have a product to sell t-shirts at the time i was making and he was like yo if you could pitch a product to somebody they got money like you can make that your money it just got to be good and that was like one of the last things he taught me before he died or told me before he died it was like the night before he died he told you that the night before he died yep we, we he told me that the night before he died and like also he told me i remember i was undercharging for t-shirts i was designing and i was like yo how can i like I'm tired of taking like short money. Like I want like I want to get like hundred and something for my t-shirts. That was a lot for me back then. Like mm-hmm. to, or for a t-shirt, I'm like I'm charging people like sixty. I need like a hundred, two hundred for my t-shirts. He was like, you just gotta do it. You gotta like put yourself up there. He said, and then that's when he told me if anybody got money in their pocket, it could be yours. You just gotta figure out a way to get it. So that stuck with me, and also um, I made a a brand name called Devoni, which I discussed with him that night. This is my first time talking about this story here, too. You got a lot of firsts. Uh, <laughs> the Devoni Inn, the, the name comes from Devoni Inn. Devoni Inn was a time of era evolution. It is a time of era evolution. That's like when one-celled creatures walked the earth and fish had legs. Um, they say that the world stemmed and creatures stemmed from these rare rocks in Devon, England. And that's where the name Devoni Inn come from. Huh. I was like, that sounds like the beginning of the world so i'm gonna just name my clothing line devoni that's deep <laughs> yeah this is i'm a kid doing this like i'm in a dictionary like, how old were you i had to been about like 17 years old so you found that in the dictionary in the dictionary why were you looking through the dictionary because i just wanted like a fly name but i wanted to i wanted it to mean something what did your pop say when you ran by? my pop said devonian is cool because i was excited about him you know my clothing line gonna be named devonian and he was like that's fire and then he said, you should chop it, though, because it's going to be easier to say if you, you name it Devoni. So right now, like, I'm still working with that brand, and it's it's a lifestyle brand now where I'm doing, like, pillows, rugs. I'm getting custom rugs made in Nepal um, with silks and different wools, custom colors. That's great. I continue to brand. It started off as a belt brand. I had, like, Swiss Beats, Chris Brown. Diggy Simmons had a, a T-shirt on that I designed. Uh, and an AT&T commercial. That was huge for me <laughs> back then. And that's what I was doing before I made music. You talked about books in there a little earlier. Mm-hmm. What What are some books you've read that have stuck with you or resonated with you in particular? I read a lot of self-help books early on. My friend Bloody, not Bloody Osiris, but my other boy Barshi from my block, he, um, he came from jail the first time and put me onto this book called Art of Seduction. And um, it's by Robert Greene. 
So I've read all Robert Greene books, hmm. Art of War, The 48 Laws of Power, um, and The 50th Law, because 50 Cent got a, a book with him as well. But those those books was exciting to me because of the allure and the charisma of the different characters in there. They talk about like Andy Warhol. They talk about like Elvis and how he was a dandy and how he dressed and the electrifying performances he had that like kind of like the charisma he had. They talk about John F. Kennedy. They talk about like the siren, which is like Cleopatra and how she seduced Julius Caesar and these different dudes. Yeah, so like I just always wanted to know like how people what makes people tick yeah 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 so i was always into like psychology and things like that i think that i would be a therapist or something if i wasn't a rapper i would pursue that in school because i'm really interested in like what people are interested uh-huh. in uh-huh. and like knowing different things about different people and then i read a lot of self-help books like rich dad poor dad that was one of the first books that i read that kind of taught me about saving money and the difference between a rich dad and a poor dad and what the poor dad was telling his son and what the rich dad was telling what's the difference the difference was like assets and liabilities so it's like you want to apply more assets to your brand or yourself and have no liabilities if you if possible i always try not to keep liabilities around me because a liability could cost you your life it could cost you your fortune it could cost you a lot of things so that's like somebody that you got a friend, you love him to death, but he just don't know how to stop acting stupid. He might come into like a business meeting with me or like somewhere and just say something crazy outrageous and cost me like a crazy deal that mm-hmm. I could have had. Mm-hmm. That's a liability. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I ask that as somebody that's actually going to bring something to the table and actually have octopus arms and bring everything and vibes and it'd be all good. Like that, You want more people like that to um, add to your crew. How do you have that conversation with someone who is a liability to be like, I'm sorry, man, I, I need more assets and less liabilities? You don't. You don't have that conversation with them. I mean, you, they, some people have to grow and get to that place. I just don't have them around me. There's a lot of liability people that I love that's just not around me just because I'm working. And like when it's time to be my friend and we could talk and like I'll pull up on you and all of that, but when I'm working and I'm moving around, it's certain places you can't go. Every Everything ain't for everybody. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Certain people just can't handle certain things. Circling back to the beginning, how did you get turned on to meditation? Was it you read something, someone else told you about it? I've heard about it, and it's, it was like some extra like magical shit in my head that like wasn't real or whatever the case may be. But like I said, you know, when you're desperate and in need of some type of relief, you you try everything mm-hmm. or like not everything because I ain't resorting to no drugs or nothing but I did start smoking weed but I stopped but it's, all that shit is a crutch I really wanted to get to me and and I felt like it all it, it all starts with you and it ends with you so it's not about using a substance to like suppress anything or whatever because that shit is just it's not the right thing to do it just all ends up bad and it get worse mm. it's about sitting with yourself and it's about thinking about life and just talking about shit and whatever, whatever. So my life is moving rampant all the time. I never hardly have time for myself. Yeah. Literally, like, everybody's around me 24-7 all the time. Yeah. From the moment I wake up to the moment when I go to sleep. Yeah. I mean, my bed, 
most of the time I'm there, like I have that to myself sometimes. <laughs> but like for the most part, like when you do meditation, you could go into the bathroom or you could go anywhere and you be, get to be alone by yourself. And that's like refreshing. Otherwise, I'm Ferg, like I'm the guy. So everybody is like, yo, I got this idea. Yo, come over here. Yo, you should be doing this. Yo, you should be doing this. Yo, that shit is whack. Yo, that shit is hot. That shit becomes a lot of voices yeah, that you yeah, need yeah. to shut. Yeah. You have to mute that. And the way you mute that is like by being by yourself and sitting in silence. Do you consider yourself ASAP Ferg in your own head? Or how do you, like, what name do you have for yourself when you when you're not being Ferg? Ferg. You are Ferg. Yeah, Ferg. I'm always Ferg. Like, people will arguably say, like, damn, you don't act like a rapper. Or, like, I can't try to be something. Mm-hmm. Like, you know how people, like, try to, like, fluff themselves up to be, like, yo, yeah, yeah. I'm really him. Like, I don't got to do none of that. Like, I really, like, I, I already had all the Jordans, like, when I was a teenager. I was always cool. I was always popular in school. I always had girlfriends. I always, I had, I had girlfriends and pageants when I was in junior high school. I'm talking about black girls with green eyes and long hair and nice bodies. Like, this is me. Like, yeah. I, I've always been me. Huh. So, like, the way artists project that and it's like, they so, like, got to show everything. I don't, sometimes I forget to show shit because I, this is my life. Like, uh. like this is really me. Like, it's less people like, yo, take a picture. That's a cool outfit. Oh, yeah, I'm me. So, like, people got, I got to project that sometimes. But yeah. me and my mind, I'm like, I got Chanel sneakers on right now. I didn't go on my Instagram today and like, oh, shit, look at my sneakers because I'm really me. Yeah. But that's me. I'm Ferg. Like, I'm going to be me. Like, nothing can change me. I'm indestructible. The music, whatever, whatever, like fame. I was hanging out with Puff before, like, yeah. music. Before I even knew I was going to even be a rapper, my father was bringing him around, like, big, big people, big time people coming around, a lot of money, a lot of fast cars, women, everything. I seen all of that at a young age. So a lot of this shit don't phase me, you know? Last question we ask on this podcast is for a favorite fuck up. Favorite fuck up. My favorite fuck up is all my fuck ups. <laughs> because you got to embrace that shit. That's the only way you can get better. Like, and Pharrell told me, like, there's no losses, there's only lessons. My my theory is there is, there's, there's like, what is my theory? I forgot my theory. But, yeah, basically, lessons, no losses. That's basically what I was getting at. That's my theory. But, like, I'm still, like, I'm still, like, waking up right now. <laughs> <laughs> that was pretty good for, for, for a guy who's jet lagged. Yeah, no, hold on. Wait, wait, wait. I gotta. I want to think about my shit real quick. Okay. I like lessons, no losses. I mean, it's like yeah, it's basically getting to that. It's just another way of saying it that I usually say myself. That's Pharrell's thing, but I got my own thing. There's an idea like that's like failure is a time problem, which is basically like in the moment it seems like a failure, but two years down the line it'll be like the thing that brought you the next thing. I don't think there's no such thing as a failure, honestly. Why? I don't think there's no such thing as crazy. I don't think there's no such thing as a failure. I don't think there's no such thing as weird. There's no such thing as whatever because it's all in your perception. It's where you're at. Yeah. Like, you see people walking around talking to themselves in the street, and they mind whatever's happening, that's their perception on life. Like, so it's not weird for them. I figured it out. I got it. I remember it. There's no problems. There's only solutions. (laughs) 
Boom. Drops the mic. Yeah. I'm going to drop the headphones. That's it. Episode's (laughs) over. Well, that's it. Ferg dropped the headphones, so the episode is over. His album, Floor Seats, will be out this month. Make sure you guys check it out. Thank you to him for coming on and for being so candid. Thank you to Justin Wright for helping produce this episode. Thank you to Jessamyn Molly, our regular producer. And thank you to you guys for listening. If you're enjoying the show, please subscribe. Please leave a review. I say this every time. I know it's annoying. I'm a broken record, but it really does help. So thank you, guys. Uh, We'll see you next Monday.